0: So first of all, when I think it's a beautiful thing to spread uh, Jewish and Yiddish, God willing, all over the world, and specifically to the colleges, and specifically in this time. Um, I've been very lucky to be connected to Reb Nachman's teachings, and what I try to do is I take modern psychology, and I really apply it to old teachings of Reb Nachman. So today I'm going to give you guys a, a great class on anxiety, how to manage it, how to deal with it. We also, we recommend, we really recommend that everybody really joins the What's Up group and joins the daily classes because one class will help you with a strategy. Again, I'm not so much into the motivation, I'm more into the strategy. So like one class will help you with the strategy on how to manage anxiety, but it's not going to help you completely get rid of it. So it's really the the, the day-to-day classes and the day-to-day new consciousness that's going to help us really get to that state. You know, it's like almost saying... You know, give me a class on how to get not, how to not get tired. I mean, it's not really possible, but when you get tired, this is what you do. So, this is, I wanna, I wanna really get that to everybody to understand. When you get tired, this is what you do. Instead of when you get anxious, this is what you do. So, really, my, my whole style really is a lot of strategy instead of something that's usually anxious people, they're always usually in their head. And what we wanna get you guys out of is exiting your mind and enter the moment. So this is the purpose of this class today to really give you uh, to give you really, really dot to let you understand the, the, the amount of work that you put into having a settled mind is, is your relationship with your creator. Remember that very important. It's not how, how religious you are or how, what you, how you dress, but if you don't have a settled mind, how can you get close to your creator? So that's very important. So if we're able to manage your anxiety then basically we get more oxygen in our brain and then we can get closer to our creator, etc. So again, I want to talk about a lot of concepts today. There's, there's, there's a lot, a lot of concepts. Just because there's a lot of new people in the classes. I also, there's a lot of deeper, deeper concepts on anxiety, but I'm going to stay away from those deeper, deeper ones. And this class, I just want to talk about general concepts that are going to help you manage it, but maybe we could do a second class eventually in the future on more and more details. That things that can get become the, it can make a person anxious, but based on deeper things. I don't know if any everybody in, in the in the group is knows these concepts. I don't want to give you guys too much at one time. So remember, it's not one class. It's really the, your day-to-day rituals. What are you doing every single day? Uh, there's days that I get more anxious than others based on what I do. If I wake up and I pray and I meditate and I work out and I eat well, my anxiety is very very low. But the days that I don't do that my anxiety picks up so remember remember it's not a concept it's your day-to-day day-to-day rituals is what really 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 changes your life it's not one class so we don't want to be the person that oh i listen to once in a while or you know or the guy or the it's like the guy that says oh, i work out once in a while you're not going to get you're not going to get real results in life unless you do something constant daily so for example a person could work out 20 minutes a day Eventually, he's going to start losing weight, he's going to pick up his energy. So before we start, remember, don't look for that one video or that one class to, to get you out of your head. It's really the compound effect of several things that you do every single day to get you into a manageable anxiety mode instead of being in your head all day long. So obviously, one of the, the biggest reasons why studies show that people are very anxious is they correlated a lot today to, to media, how much how much time we spend on TV, how much time we spend on media. Basically, our brains are not set up for all the stimulus that's going on today, specifically in 2020. There's just way, way, way too much stimulus that's happening today, whether it's the violence or it's the politicians or whatever it is in a person's life, it's, it's way, way, way too much, too much, too much stimulus. Ooh, I'm sorry. And that's one thing we need to understand that. So again we're not set up for so much so so much stimulus so one of the obviously the just the just the common sense before we get into the other things is we have to cut cut down the the stimulus and cut down all these things anxiety is also very connected to our beliefs the way what our beliefs for example if i believe that if i believe that my life is a threat then i'm going to run away from challenges but if i believe that my life is a challenge I'm more likely going to say I'm excited instead of a running away. So really, our core beliefs really determine how we view situations. So I practically I, I view life as a challenge. So when 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 things come to me, I don't view them as threats. So people that view things as threats, obviously, they're going to be more much more anxious than people who view things as challenges. So it's very, very important, your core beliefs because remember nothing in life has meaning unless the meaning you give to it based on how i my view of life is how is my creator how how, how is my creator running the world does my, is my creator giving me challenges for me to grow or is my creator out there to threaten and scare the scare me so if we don't get that basic core beliefs then it's very hard to even go to the next step so remember they're very 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 tied to your view of life. And obviously without spirituality and without Torah, we don't know how our creator runs the world. So we're basically things come at us. We don't know what, how to label them. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it a challenge? Is it a threat? And this is where we get completely hopeless and we lose our minds because we don't know what to do. So just like our creator, creator created the world, he created a person with free will. Then he, and you're, you're, you're here in this world to build your consciousness. And the greater your consciousness, the better you'll be able to handle challenges. So again, just the core belief. Is my life a challenge or is my life a threat? Right away, those things, situations going to come to us. How do we react to them? Like Viktor Frankl said, nothing in the world comes with meaning. Everything has a stimulus. And then there's a response. And then there's the emotion behind it. Remember that very clearly. The so stimulus response reaction but just like a, a car that has an has a has an alarm that's very fragile and if you go right by the car and that person is very sensitive to fear then obviously everything's going to scare that person so it's very very important number one warriors which are we which we want to be warriors view things as life as challenges warriors have accumulated fear view everything as a threat so very, very important, right off the bat, you have to ask yourself, what is your life view? Be- before we even get to the, to the second state. Anxiety is also very connected to our breathing. How we breathe can get us can change our state. And the breathing is why we mentioned the breath so much is because our breath is connected to our neshama. Nishama, breath, and nishima is basically the same word. So your breath and your soul Basically, have the same same letters. So, anytime we get anxious in life, the best way to interrupt that pattern is to go into the relaxed response versus the fight or flight. And the best way to do that is is to basically interrupt the pattern, get out of your head, and enter the moment through breathing. So, again, first, what we want to do is we always want to you know you need to know how to properly breathe. Many people they're breathing they're breathing through their mouth. <sighs> So if I'm breathing through my mouth, automatically I'm gonna have much much more anxiety. What I wanna do is I wanna breathe through my nose, but I wanna stick my stomach out. That automatically calms calms me down. And then I wanna exhale through my mouth. It's very, very important to exhale through your mouth. So again, breathe in through your nose, but stick your stomach out like almost like a baby and exhale through your mouth. The worst thing we could do is breathe. From our chest, because if you breathe from our chest, it's automatically going to give us much more anxiety. So again, remember, it's very, very important how you breathe. So number one, breathe in through your nose, breathe into your belly, and exhale from your mouth. Exhale from your mouth. Very, very important because if, we want to, if the worst thing you could do is breathe from your from your mouth itself, because that's going to that's going to create much more anxiety. So that's one of the best ways to automatically interrupt any kind of pattern of anxiety is control your breathing. And Rob clearly tells us this all the time. Why is breathing so important? Because the way you breathe is determined on how much oxygen you get into your brain. So if every emotion that we speak about affects your breath, then my, every emotion that I'm thinking about changes the way I think. Very, very, very key. Anytime that I, I, I'm in a stressful situation right away, I cut the pattern, I breathe, I get back control. Also, what important it's very important not to over-breathe. Sometimes we're over-breathing. We want to have a little bit less, don't over-breathe. Control the breath. This is in, in any kind of sports, any kind of any kind of situation. If you master your breath, you're gonna go, you're gonna come back into a relaxed response versus the fight or flight mode. The next thing we need to speak about, obviously. Is it's fear, obviously. So just, I just want to understand that anxiety is not a new thing. Rambam speaks about it in lesson eighty six, and he says that the, the the main problem in Egypt was that the dot, their dot, their perspective was in exile. And the problem in Egypt is they couldn't, they couldn't, their emotions were running their, their life that they couldn't escape Egypt because they were too drawn to their emotional distress. They were focusing on what they were going through, not where they wanted to go. This is something that happens to us all the time. When we get stressed out in life, we focus too much on the problem, what we're going through, instead of the direction that we want to go. So Rabanatham says something beautiful. He says that those people of little faith correspond to a shortness of spirits, which resemble a lack of faith. Because of their ruach, because of, this is the meaning of the words, because of their shortness of ruach, because of their lack of life force, their life became very hard. Everything became very difficult. And, it, and he's saying here, Reb Nachman saying here, that when a person has little faith in life, everything to him becomes a complete threat, a complete burden. He doesn't know where to start. He becomes overwhelmed in life he looks at things 10 times worse than they are so it's very very important and again according to your breath according to your spirit according to your, your 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 ruach your ruach is your emotion then that's the way you can handle challenges because remember we can't run away from challenges we have we take challenges and we transform from them but it, it, but the way we run it the way you are the word rabnachem is telling us here is in the time of hard labor when a person's A moon is down. When his face is down, automatically what happens is his, 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 his ruach, his vibe, his energy level is going to be down. So we know this all the time. When we're not into it anymore, when we lose our faith, when we lose our energy, all of a sudden our energy drops. So it's very connected to these two concepts. That means if you want more energy, you have to change your beliefs. can't get more energy without changing your beliefs. And one of the greatest ways to do that is obviously... Renewal. So there's that concept between like the Jews in Egypt, they had a shortest of spirit. So everything became difficult. And this is something that we have to connect to. We have to recognize that if we view things that we lose our faith in things that everything becomes a trigger for anxiety. Very, 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 very important. Another concept that I want to speak about. This is from another great book called Letting Go. That He's saying here that the more fear we hold, obviously, as we grow up in life, we start accumulating stress, accumulating these fears. All of a sudden, the, the, the accumulation could be first, um, how do I know I'm, how do I, I have a fear that I'm not in the right school. I have a fear that I'm not, um, maybe I want to do something else. So all of a sudden, little by little in life, we start accumulating fear. Next thing you know, how, how, how do I don't know, I'm going to get married. And all of a sudden, you get, everything becomes, like I said, every, there's, there's all of a sudden an accumulation, and accumulation of fears that, we, that we, we start. And he says, the more fear we hold, listen to this slide, very important. The more fear, fear we hold, the more we attract fearful situations in our life. Remember that concept. The more fear we hold, the more we attract fearful situations in our lives. One person sees sees the virus as okay. It's a cold. Let me build my immune system. I'm going to live my life. Another person's whole life is that virus, and they won't they won't leave the house. Again, I'm not giving you I'm not giving you clinical advice here. I'm just telling telling you how the, according to the amount of pressure that you have accumulated in your life, that is going to depend. It's going to be very different, difficult for you to. To, to To deal with to deal with anxiety, because it's not these situations that are exciting you; it's the accumulation of layers of pressure and fears that we have accumulated. And he says here, each fear requires additional energy to create a protective device. Finally, until our energy drains. So remember, it's not the emotion that's the, the, the problem; it's the we, we're giving energy to that emotion very important. We give energy to the emotions. Each of us is willing to look at, we have a reservoir of suppressed and repressed fear. The quality of our fear spills into our lives, colors our experiences. For example, a person is going to have a childhood fear. All of a sudden, he's going to be afraid to commit to a marriage. He's going to be afraid to commit to the right job. He's always going to question himself. Am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? How do I know I'm making the right thing? What happens if I fail? So his whole life is going to be He's going to get stuck in his head and always thinking he's going to make the wrong decision. So he's, he's, going to, he's going to probably either try to be a perfectionist or he's going to procrastinate. He's going to use these mechanisms in order to have excuses instead of making adjustments. So you could see what, what we need to understand. It's not the one-time anxiety. If you have high levels of anxiety, it's teaching you something much deeper, that you have accumulated tremendous amount of fear that's inside of you, and you really need a lot of spiritual work in order to release it. The best way to release it is through prayer, is through surrendering it, is to notice it. Obviously, I can't change something I'm not aware of. So obviously, if you if you have this reservoir of fear inside of you from all kinds of stimuluses that you've not dealt with, and you're not elevated, then all of a sudden, it's going to be very hard for you to deal, to not look at things as threat. So I just want to understand that. And obviously I run facilities, I run rehab facilities, and I've seen this common pattern. It's not the situations that are bothering these people. It's the accumulation of all of this pain in the past and all of this fears in the past that they feel completely helpless and they get paralyzed by it and they feel like there's, there's no way out. So the key is, like everything else, to start removing the layers little by little. And once you start removing the little layers little by little, then you're going to all of a sudden deal with things completely different. Very, very important concept. And he says here, the fact that fear is the greatest danger against the human body. Because remember, fear is a control mechanism. Fear is a, is, is a mechanism that that at the end of the day is the mechanism of the ego. So remember, if you're attracting more threatening situations in our lives, you're basically sending that signal. What is the opposite of fear that we speak about? Is trust. Trust. People who, who have trust in God, they take action. People who have trust in God make chances in life. They're, they're no, it's okay to fall. It's okay to make a mistake. They know they learn. They're not, they're not stuck on decision fatigue. They're not stuck on anxiety all day long. They're not stuck in their head. They get going, and then they learn on the way. Instead of people that are very anxious, all day long, they're in their head. It's the, the all day long thinking, thinking about this, how about that, how about that. So they get so much, they get so focused on things they can't control, that it overwhelms them and not only do they not make a decision they look at they're just afraid to do anything and and this basically unfortunately could paralyze the person obviously when you feel like that the last thing you want to do is be close to your creator and the last thing you want to do is take take more chances so we need to understand we have we need it's not again it's not one class you have to create a buildup. Of to recognize okay what are you what are you burying down what 's buried down into your heart? what are all these fears that you it could be a fear of not being enough it could be a fear of uh, um, fear of being rejected or it could be a fear of failure all of these things we have to deal with them one at a time and the best way to do that is through prayer. The best way to do this is through meditation. the best way to do that is through knowledge through understanding about life because without those mechanisms, then we're just, you know, we're playing defense all day long. So I really want to stress that, that don't think that you're going to listen to one class and you'll be cured from this problem. No, I'm giving you a opening to tell you, listen, let's get on the WhatsApp group. Day by day, you'll start removing a layer by layer by layer. It's like you guys not going to lose 100 pounds in one day. So that's the problem. That's and I, And I've seen that as a common trend that, the girl who has built and accumulated fears, when, when it comes to get engaged, she goes into complete panic because of fear failure. But it doesn't really come from the guy. It's really nothing to do with the guy itself. Well, has nothing to do with the job. It has to do with the accumulation of fear, et cetera. So remember, that's what's happening in our lives. If we don't have the proper mechanisms today, if we don't have the proper, w- w- the proper rituals in order to let go and start releasing. these things that are they, all these emotions that are, there, are they're, they're, they're basically in, in our subconscious and they're in our, in ourselves. Basically, we just project all of these things all over, all over. And this is something that you need to understand. The purpose of an emotion, God is sending you an emotion. And that purpose of an emotion is for you to get a signal to change. An emotion is never supposed to be suppressed or vented out. Anytime you get an emotion, you have to look at it almost like the same way as you're driving in the street and your, your car has a, low battery or low gas it's a signal that something needs to change getting us we can't put a sticker on a low engine light so anytime we just run we we distract ourselves or anytime a fearful situation we take off and we don't deal with it we're basically just creating more and more layers of suppressed and repressed and repressed feelings until they eventually come and uh, obviously haunt, haunt us down so again Strongly recommend not just listening to God, but a daily, daily ritual of new, new consciousness to be able that when those fearful situations come, or those situations come in our lives, then we don't, we don't, we stop suppressing things, and this way it would be much easier to deal with things as they are, not worse than they are, etc. Very, very, very important concept. Rambam says also in Lesson One Ninety Four that 154, that he says, no, there are fallen fears. This is what's going on today, 2020. Fallen fears. All afflictions stem from these judgments, which a person experiences are strictly from fallen fears. The way it works is very simple. Your creator expects you because he gave you godly consciousness. He expects you to trust him. He expects you to seek him and He'll protect you and he'll guard you and he will bless you and he will look after you as long as you are connected to him. But the problem is that once you have a very jealous God, that once you turn your back to your creator and all of a sudden you give fear to something else, then all of a sudden your creator, it's not like he leaves you, but he's concealed from you because you stop, you, you, you disconnected to him, from him. So now he leads you to the thing that you're worried about. So if you're worried about a boss or you're worried about some virus or you're worried about some doctor or you put your trust in the wrong place, this is called a fallen fear. Then all of a sudden, that thing that you fell on has the ability to now become subject to nature. So what does that mean? You lose your divine supervision. You lose the lahadil, the VIP effect of godly looking after you. When we turn our backs to our creator, our creator turns her back to you. doesn't mean you're going to get punished. doesn't mean somebody's going to strike you with lightning. It just means you're left to the regular odds of this world. You're left to the odds. You're like everybody else. Everybody else, if if you have a 1 in 33% chance this is going to happen, it's going to happen. But you're able to have, if you have trust in God, he gives you divine supervision. He looks after you. He protects your mazal. Make sure you avoid that wrong date. He makes sure you avoid that interview. You have divine providence. So what happens is when you turn away from your creator, your creator has a, exactly the same effect. He, he removes himself from you. Doesn't mean you're just, you're just left to odds. And I would not want to be left to odds today. I would not be one of the left. I need that divine supervision. So that's another benefit of, of trusting your creator that you 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 don't lose that divine supervision. So one of the ways to lose that is when you put your fear into something else. The Gemara itself here talks about in Gemara Shabbat that there are five fallen fears. That it is the most ridiculous things. The Gemara and Shabbat 77 says there are five dreads, the dreads, the fear upon the mighty. And the Gemara is talking about here that there are five giant, uh, uh, giant animals, like the lion, like the elephant, like the uh, like the, the whale. And he talks, the is talking to us about that they, you know, like a lion's afraid of a mosquito or uh, or it gives all kinds of examples how all of these big lions, imagine an elephant talking to a therapist saying that I'm afraid of a mouse or I'm afraid of a mosquito. Your therapist is like, you look at you, who you are. <laughs> how could you be afraid of that? But what happens exactly in life is we forget who we are. We forget who we come from. And then we we're left to fear things in life. We lose our creator. So that's one thing I encourage you guys, especially if in college, having trust in your creator is everything. It's not an option. It's not, I can't be half pregnant. You can't have half trust. Just like you say, are you pregnant? I'm only half pregnant. No such thing. If you have trust in your creator, you make decisions, you're not afraid of failure, you're happy, you're, you avoid decision fatigue. But once you lose that trust, comes anxiety, comes indecision mode, comes panic, comes sh- uh, always questioning yourself, coming questioning your self-worth. So you could see there's a vicious, vicious reward and there's a vicious, vicious, unfortunate panic and, 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 and lack of clarity when we don't have that vision. And that's something that when you trust in your creator, your creator gives you vision. And the same thing, when we don't trust in our creator, we lose that vision in life. And in life, it's always the same thing. According to your theory is your therapy. So you have to understand something. Every single problem, you have to look at it. It's really, really rooted in spirituality. So when we, when we have spirituality, then we treat it with spirituality. That means anytime I have a fear in my life, it's teaching me that I lost my fear of my creator. I'm fearing something else. That's where I feel that panic. That's where I feel that being lost, that panic, that anxiety, teaching me that I put my place in the wrong place, put my trust in the wrong place in life. Like the Gemara says, a person who trusts in God is going to get mercy, but a person who trusts in man he's going to be cursed. So you could see the two effects when we start putting our trust in the wrong things. So trust versus fear, obviously, it's a game changer. And if you understand this concept, you learn everything about trust. What do I need to do to trust? Do I need to pray for it? Do I need to learn about it? Whatever I need to do to trust my creator, I'm going to cling on to him like, like, like it's my father. But once we don't have that knowledge, we, we, lose that, we, lose that, we lose our creator. And this is where we're left to the crazy anxiety, panic of this world. So those are the big, big items that I want to explain to you. You're really, it's your core beliefs and what are you doing every single day to really get you into out of anxiety mode. It's not something you're going to watch, but if you're going to watch these news channels all day long, and if you're holding an accumulation of stress and you have these fears you never dealt with, they're going to rise up and they're going to all of a sudden, things happen and they just trigger already how you feel about yourself. The same way as somebody who has low self-esteem or the same way as any situation in life. Whatever we're holding, whatever whatever we're feeling inside is what we're projecting to the world. Person has low self esteem, is always going to look for validation, is always going to be self centered. Everything's around me. So you could see everything and everything, stress, everything in life is really the way we are we are thinking about about ourselves. And this is something that we can we, we can overcome through that and through prayer and through asking our Creator. Three things that it's always known that people, are, that people are always very anxious about is one, being very obsessed with the outcome. When am I gonna get married? When am I gonna get this job? When am I gonna do this? They're always obsessed with, if I get this, I get that. So that's, it's, you, you're too outcome obsessed. So being outcome obsessed, you're gonna lose patience, you're gonna be anxious. The, the second thing is the social comparison. That's going to give anxiety. So obviously if we're on instant media, online media, and, and we see somebody else is doing better, oh my God, how come I do That's going to make you panic. That's going to lead you to anxiety. And the last one is self-absorption. Being, oh my God, what are they thinking about me? Hi, she's talking about me. This one's talking about me. You're too much about yourself. So these three things also are very connected. Outcome obsession, self-comparison, and self-absorption. Those three things are going to be guaranteed to, to anxiety which is which, which the opposite is, is trust, trust the process, stay focused in the moment, stay in your lane instead of worrying about what people think about you. You're here in your own mission. And the third one is not everything that happens to you is about you. So the ultimate healing is really not being self-centered and not staying in the moment and being present. And the, ultimate op- the, the, the opposite is comparing your life to everybody's, being obsessed with the outcome, and obviously thinking about yourself all the time. So without the proper d'ot, we, we can't get out of these anxiety modes. And that's why people are struggling with it so much because they're so anxious about anxious and they have no strategy on how to fix it, or they don't even know where it's coming from, or they don't even know where to start. So you know, without, without Torah, without knowledge, I, I, can't, I can't really help you with your anxiety because we need that, we need perspective, we need new consciousness to get mercy. And this is why a lot of people, they, they oh, no, it's not for me. I need, a psych- I, need a, you know, I need a psychiatrist. And yes, a psychiatrist, a psychologist will help you identify the issues. They'll help you identify the issues. But you still need prayer and spirituality to overcome them. Very important. And I'm telling you this, I own. I have 20 therapists that work for me. I have psychiatrists that work for me. The clients and the psychologists, they'll help you. They'll get you, they'll identify the issues are. But then the work really has to come from the person itself. The work has to become from the desire of the person itself. And that's how they're able to overcome issues. So again, I don't want to overload you guys too much, but just understand those concepts. In breathing, mastering the breath, controlling the breath, how you breathe makes change. Your view of life, is it a, is it a challenge, is it a threat? Your your What are you focusing on your head? Are you focusing too much on other people? Or are you focusing too much on the outcome of things? Or are you focusing too much on, on, on self-comparison? Those things, obviously, if you go to a wedding and you're like, how come I'm the only one not married here? You're gonna get anxiety, obviously. But if you go to a wedding and say, you know what, B'zrat Hashem, I'm gonna be the next one to get married, anxiety goes away. So it's really your, your perspective, what you're holding on to, And the only way, like I said, if you really wanna deep, do deep work, it's not, it's going to be the day-to-day, the 20-minute meditation, the, the, the extra 20 minutes learning about learning about trusting God, listening to Torah. These things are going to help you create a compound effect that once things come in life, you're going to go from being anxious to having that calm confidence. And when you have calm confidence, you show up different to things. You're no longer worried about social anxiety. You're no longer about what people think about you. You're very happy to stay in your lane. You could speak to your creator. You have, you have a settled mind, and it's I can't tell you how much of a game-changer that is. So I hope I gave you guys enough tools at least to get to get the ball started today.
1: Okay. We if you have any things.
0: questions, we'll, we'll go ahead. Yeah.
1: So there was a question about uh, removing the layers. If you could just explain what yes. clipots are and how you could remove the layers.
0: Okay. Th- th- those clipots are something else. Clipots is a different concept. That I think I want to talk about in more of a deeper class, what a CLEPA is, because it's, it's a deeper concept. But here, what I'm talking about here is just practically all the subconscious fears that we've accumulated and we've never addressed in our lives. And, you know, a prime example would be um, Francis Shapiro talks about an example that there was a girl, she was seven years old and she was, all of a sudden she was in her house. The next thing you know, it was raining And all of a sudden, she cried herself to sleep. So all of a sudden, she had a fear of abandonment, even though her parents couldn't hear her. So what happens is, as she grew up, she always feared abandonment. And all of a sudden, she got into a relationship with guys. And every time she got into a relationship with somebody, she would always cling on to them, not give them any space. So what happens is, people started leaving her. her. They they, they they couldn't deal with her relationship because it was too controlling and too fear of abandonment. And all of a sudden, what happened? She sabotaged so many relationships that she went to a psychiatrist and, or a psychologist, and they came down to the concept that because she was, she was seven years old, she had this fear of abandonment. And now she's afraid to give anybody space because if she, gives them, if she doesn't give them space, she thinks they're going to abandon them like her parents did when it was raining in her house. But then she did therapy, and she recognized, oh, my God, it had nothing to do with parents. It had to do with the parents couldn't hear me. It was raining. Of course, they would have helped me if they would have heard me. So you could see the amount of unprocessed and un- un- reservoir of fears that we, that we have inside of us. You see you something that happens to you in the subconscious, it doesn't have a time stamp. It can affect you tomorrow what it can happen something happened five years ago. So it's very important that we notice that a lot of our actions today could be happening from our youth. And a lot of these anxiety, a lot of these things could be, for example, I know people that have a concept that money making money is expensive. So impossible. It's no way I can make it easy because what happens, they grow in a household and their parents told them, you can't make money easy. You have to kill yourself. So all of a sudden, this is the movie they projected and this is the, the what they, they've absorbed in their life. And all of a sudden, when they get older, they think if it comes to them easy, something's going to happen because they're going to lose it. So you could see so much of accumulation of stories and ideas that we've accumulated and we've never questioned. And they, that's how they can affect us today.
1: Okay. Uh, for overanalyzing for people who overanalyze things, how do, what do you suggest for people to do to stop that habit?
0: Right. Making a decision. That's the best way. Making a decision is the best way to overanalyze something because once you make a decision, you decide and you, and you, and you start the journey, but the overanalyzation is you, you really never get, there's no right answers. There's sometimes you're creative, like I said, many times, you have to go through through challenges. You have to go through obstacles, and your creator wants you to hold on to him he wants to prove to you that you, he wants you to prove to him that you trust him so he's going to put you in challenging situations that are beyond your comprehension in order for, to invoke you to, to trust him this is what the whole world is created for it's not created for comfort it's not created for certainty so those of us that look for certainty and look for comfort those are the ones that are suffering the most but those we know that this is not a comfortable world there's nothing certain blessed every single day, enjoy every day, enjoy the ride. They are no longer bothered by the day-to-day trials and tribulations and you live a better life.
1: So for people who are not really, who are on a fast pace, who need to slow down, what suggestion do you have for them? And how does one stay focused?
0: Again, you know, if I, if you, if you're cutting down a tree and it's taking you five hours to cut a tree and you're depleted. Because you won't spend 15 minutes to sharpen the knife or five minutes to sharpen the knife so you can cut the tree down in, I don't know, a tenth of the time. What happens is sometimes we're going faster, we're going nowhere. So first, what I say, get to know who you are. Get to know what you're looking for. And it involves a daily ritual, daily prayer, daily learning. You need a direction. Just running around just to run is not the answer. Just because, you know, there's a great analogy in our lives that when we try to catch two rabbits, you catch nothing. So sometimes you have to slow down. You have to get to know yourself. You have to start again, learn, learn about, learn about, learn about yourself, get to know yourself. I think this is what the creation was, was the purpose of the virus. So people could look inner to see what they want in, in their lives. Listening to classes like this can help you, guide you, open up your consciousness, but just try to fix something without the proper intention behind it without the proper without building your consciousness it's not going to help
1: okay so the next viewer has a lot of struggles with energy levels from different weather patterns especially with wind and uh, creating new energy when the new uh, weather patterns mm. are draining them so what suggestion do you have with that right it,
0: it could be it could be this could be very tied to some some you know something happened when they're youth there's got to be some some repressed something that happened to them dealing with the weather that's affecting them today i mean uh, i can't imagine that the, i i don't know the answer exactly not everybody's affected by that they could have been they went through something dealing with weather patterns that that all of a sudden they, that 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 became the excuse but again i don't know the answer to that i'm not an expert on weather patterns here in florida it's always 80 degrees hot so We don't have really those water patterns. That I'm not an expert. I can't properly accurate. It could be a a, a belief when they're younger. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Okay. How does one let go of obsessing over the outcomes yet still yearns to get married?
0: You have to recognize that your creator is the one that's setting up the shiluch. Your job in life is to not overdo it. Your job is to make a desire to get married, but also not control it. Let me, for example, if I show up to a date and all of a sudden I'm nervous, oh, my God, is he the one? Is he not the one? I don't know. I'm wasting my time. Oh, my God. Is he, you know what? I don't know if I want. You, you're just all over the place. So, like I said, slow down. Slow down. Pray. Do more time praying than worrying. Praying connects you to your soulmate. Worrying disconnects you your soulmates. so do more of this and do a little less of that because between you and me when you're in your right mindset you're going to probably want somebody else when you're in the right mindset when you're in the right head space you're probably going to desire maybe something else in the partner that you probably wouldn't desire right now so this is what to you pray it really transforms you and makes you want better things so what you're looking for now could be something that you don't want or something that's not good for you so that's why you need that time by yourself to contemplate and see what really is good for me in life.
1: Okay, so the next viewer says uh, some days they feel they're, they are in Egypt, but they get the feeling if they want to move out of Egypt and go into the desert, things could get worse. So, how could they really connect mm. with the truth?
0: I, again, the, the best way to get out of any Egypt or any kind of limitation is have faith and desire. Those are the two. Those are the two things that are going to get you out of Egypt. What's going to keep you in Egypt is is obviously fear and impulsivity. So what you need to do is you need to increase your desire and faith. But again, it's not like I said. It's not the one class. It's the the more Torah you learn, the more things you learn. You start developing your conscious. You are here to develop your consciousness. You're here to develop your mindset. It doesn't happen in one day. Little by little, you take here. You change this, you change that. And then little by little, you you, you, you see the difference. You'll see the difference as you grow and you, see, you, you have a different view of life. And this is another thing that we have, we're too impatient today. We don't have the head for anything. We're, we're, we're almost, we don't have the head to think. We're too busy to think you understand how ridiculous that sounds? I'm too busy to think. We're too busy to think. That's the problem today. Slow down. Wake up early. Talk to your creator. Speak to him. Ask him for direction in life. All he wants from you is a relationship. And then once you pray, you'll see the difference in your life. You'll see the difference in your life.
1: Okay, while we're on the topic of Egypt, how does one move up the economic ladder like Yosef was in Egypt?
0: Trusting, trust creates vessels. When you're a person, I have a lot of classes on pranasa, but trust connects connects your vessels and brings down bounty from heaven. And fear and anxiety completely disrupt it. So more trust and less, obviously, less fears and anxieties. Remember, your creator, you're not here in this world to control everything. This is the problem today. We want to control everything. Control this. Control that. Control this. And what happens is when the more I try to control things, the more I edge my creator out. So it doesn't work. You can't have control and have your creator in your life. Either you let go of control and let your creator in, or you try to control everything and become frustrated in life.
1: Okay, how can one... Remember, fear, fear, fear leads
0: to control. We gave you the formula already. Fear makes you control things. The more you control things, the more you're gonna get angry. The more angry you get, the more depressed you're gonna be. The more depressed you're gonna be, the more you're gonna isolate. The more you're gonna isolate, God forbid, it leads to a horrific depressions of, of of all kinds of addictions, etc. This is the pattern. Control, fear, anger, depression, isolation, etc. That is the, the the whole the the downwards swipe of, of of losing trust in your creator.
1: Okay. So how can one build dot and Emunah and build a proper vessel? And does Kabbalah? Again,
0: listening listening to classes, reading books on Torah, taking the recommendations. We have over thirty thousand followers. You have to little by little you'll build it. One class at a time. Because remember, the more dot you have, the more mercy you get the more dot you have, you the more mercy. I, a person that comes with a better business plan gets more investors. But if the business plan has no strategy, and the business plan is, is a guaranteed failure, then why would I invest in something? So our job in life, Bill, is to build the business plan. And then once you build the vessel, the light comes. But if you don't have any vessel, how could you expect light to come? We need to build the vessel. And it's not one day. It's a a series of classes, a series of new rituals, a series of taking on mitzvot. It's a whole package. This is a package deal. I can't just work out and eat, eat terrible. It's a package. It's a new lifestyle. It's a new identity that I have to create in order to, 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 to attract different things in my life. I can't, it's not a behavior. It's a new identity. When we focus on identity, we're willing to change many things. But if we're just focusing on behaviors, those behaviors don't really last. Identity changes last, not behaviors.
1: So another question was, does Kabbalah and watching the Brit also help with not being anxious?
0: Uh, Of course, keeping, unfortunately, one of the guaranteed ways to get anxious is is definitely spilling the seed. Um, Again, I don't want to being into college. This is one of the areas that pornography and wasting seed can create tremendous amounts of anxiety because what happens is when we waste seed or we 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 all of a sudden we bring on klipot. Klipot are negative husk, are negative spirits. That what do what do negative spirits do practically to us? They seek energy from us. They take energy. They agitate us. They make us not feel uh, in the right place. So that's one of the guaranteed ways to to get very anxious anxiety and through Tikkun Akhali and through that class I did on that, you could definitely help you with that. Absolutely.
1: Okay, so the next fear is a bit confused about trusting in Hashem. Should, should they be thinking that everything is going to be okay and, um, for example, not getting sick or trusting that no matter what happens is all for the best?
0: The, the only time that you should that anxiety is good is when you're challenging yourself and to prepare. If you're not prepared for something, anxiety sometimes teaches you that you're prepared for it. So as far as getting sick, what you need to do is stay healthy. If you wanna put a mask, put a mask and then let it go. That's all you need to do. Anything else but thinking, am I gonna get the virus, am I not gonna get the virus? Again, I know thousands of people have got it and they're fine. So it's the fear itself that makes things a lot worse. You have to let go. Your job is to take precautions, wash your hands, put on a mask if you want, make sure you're not the type, you're not that person that is smoking and putting on the mask. I mean, that's common sense. So take care of your immune system, put on a mask, wash your hands and live your life. Live your life. That's all you require. You're not here to, to over, to Think, I'm, am, I, am I gonna? I going to get sick? Am I going to get sick from this thing? It's, it's, it's not meant for that. That's a fallen fear. A fallen fear is to, is a, you attract what you don't want. Fear makes you attract what you don't want. Trust attracts what you do want. So if you want to attract something you don't want, give it energy. If you want to attract something you do want, give it energy too. So basically, wherever you're giving the energy is what you're attracting to. So you have to think about it. Where am I giving my energy to? Where am I giving? Give, give energy to manifesting good things in your life. Give energy to, to drawing blessings in your life. Give energy to gratitude. Don't give energy to fear, anxieties, limitations, uh, sicknesses. Why would you do that? Why would you, why, would you, why would you want to attract something you don't want to happen? Because we don't control our minds. We don't control. We're not aware of what we're doing. So this is what happens. We end up inviting problems into our lives.
1: Okay, this person wants to know, why do my anxiety attacks lead to pain in different parts of my body and accumulation of acid in my body?
0: Right, so one of the things definitely anxiety will do is definitely aff- affect your, 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 your stomach. That's guaranteed. What I recommend is, I had, a, I, had a ter- I had a major stressful situation two, three years ago, um, firing 90% of my employees, and, and the, basically the pressure got to me a little bit. And I developed a tremendous amount of pain in my, in, my, in my stomach every time I was eating. It's all this is all anxiety-driven. So what I did is obviously I changed my diet. I, I took fermented products. I made sure I avoided certain foods. And basically, I went to an acupuncturist. And sometimes what happens is when you put too much pressure on your body, it starts creating imbalances. So all of a sudden, you could have, a, for example, a liver or a spleen imbalance or inflammation somewhere in your body. And that can cause indigestion or... Or all kinds of other illnesses, God forbid. Anytime, remember, disease. Disease means there's no ease in the elements. Earth, wind, fire, and air. If there's harmony, there's healing. But once there's an imbalance in one of the elements, what happens is that, that causes disease. So, what our job is to bring healing is to have peace between all four elements instead of having this ease. That means there's too much fire, or too much water, or too much air. That is really, Kabbalistically, the cause of all diseases a lack of harmony between the four balances. So I would recommend go to an acupuncture, let them know what part of your body is, is, is inflamed. And sometimes they can reduce the inflammation because that, could be, that, cause, that can be causing the stomach issues. That's what happened to me.
1: So what is the first step of letting go of always being obsessed with being in control?
0: Right? understanding that that's not your job here in this world. It's understanding that the reason why you like to control things is because you have fear, and fear is, is and that's the job of the ego. So you're not letting your creator in. First, you have to remember, you can't change something you're not aware of. If I'm not aware of it, I can't change it. The first step of anything, of changing anything, is awareness. Okay, I wake up in the morning, and this is what I focus on okay, I really need to go the other way. Or for example, let's say you wake up tired. That means you wake up in the morning thinking how stressed you are. So the minute you wake up in the morning thinking how stressed you are, that's a great way to deplete your energy. But if you wake up in the morning and say, wow, I'm so blessed, you can have energy. So it's what you focus on and how you're aware of what you're focusing on, how you're thinking, that changes your energy level. Remember, stress weakens 50% of your body of your physical body, it's a big deal. I mean, your, bo- your body's also gonna feel it. All right, we'll take a couple more questions because my battery's about to, uh, I think I'm almost done.
1: So basically you're saying in order to fight any addictions or any negative habits, it's, it's important for the person to find and identify the issue first, correct?
0: Uh, absolutely, you can change something you're not aware of. And then you have to learn about all about that issue. And then you have to pray for it, learn about it, and then you can tackle that issue. Of course, awareness is the key. First thing is awareness. And viewing it as it is. Remember, this is what, how your creator wants you to come closer to him. We don't want to be obsessed over, oh, my God, I have this. No, this is the awareness. So this is the awareness that you have, and this is what you need to work on. That's half of the problem, knowing what you need to work on not knowing what the problem is because we dig this so deep, then, then we're lost. Awareness is the key to everything, of course.
1: In regards to taking medications to calm anxiety, um, if it's suggested by a doctor, do you, what, do you, what do you think about them? Are they just a Band-Aid on a problem or is it a permanent thing or sometimes, a temporary thing?
0: I, 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 again, again, it depends on the issue, but sometimes medication is necessary, of course to give the person a lift, to give the person a boost. Sometimes medication is necessary. What I did, I didn't take any medication. I took, I took, I changed my diet, I increased my exercise and I really increased my prayer. So I did it all spiritually. But some people don't have that kind of mindset. But I did change my diet. I stopped, uh, no sugar, no coffee. I, I went into really, really uh, fermented products, yogurts and all that. I increased my exercise. Um, and you know, really, really spend more time on breathing and meditation, and then little by little, it all went away.
1: Okay. If a family, you want you want to take a few more questions. Do You want to go till nine a few o'clock. Few more
0: questions? Yeah, just yeah. A few more questions. I just I don't want to because in case my battery dies, because my battery's about to die. But if a, okay. If a family, member... I'll take as I'll take as many questions until the battery dies. Okay. It dies, sounds, it like, dies. sounds like sounds okay? like Sounds like a plan.
1: If a family member deals with anxiety, how could one help them cope?
0: Again, you, you can give them instructions, but sometimes people don't want to listen to family members. I hate to tell you. What I've, in, my, in my knowledge, people don't like, they don't like to hear from family members. They like to hear from other people. You can give them suggestions. You can't tell them, listen, you're so anxious. Do this. Very rarely do people listen to family members. Again, not that I've seen... It's better if it comes from another place. Maybe get him a therapist. But, again, try, or put him on the group. You know, tell him, listen, try some classes, see if you like them. And without telling them, you have anxiety. You need to listen to classes. The way you do it, oh, you know Help me out. It has to be very, very like, casual. People listen to it if it's casual. But if they're told what to do, they'll probably do the opposite.
1: Okay, in regards to someone who feels numb and can't connect to people and doesn't have feelings, how could you, you know, get back to the point that you could connect with people and have feelings?
0: Right, so there's got to be some kind of trauma or something that's causing, causing them to disassociate. Um, so I, that, that person would probably need more ex- extensive surgery. It's got to be some kind of traumatic situation in their life that's causing them to disassociate. What I've seen from that, because obviously, anytime you're disassociating, it's very trauma related. So they, it looks like they haven't healed or they probably haven't gotten the right therapy. I would strongly recommend them to go to a therapist, specifically for EMDR or something traumatic, from, from some kind of trauma therapy. That is usually a sign of, of a person not dealing with some trauma or anything.
1: Okay, when you have a child that is mentally ill, how do you deal with the stress when they have fits? especially when they are not born like that. Right, right, right.
0: You know, I, I've had people, first of all, you should get support. There's many organizations that do support this. And what you should do is you should take the strength that you're going through with this and try to help other people with it. I have many friends that do have children like this. And what they've done is they've opened up organizations, they've opened up support groups, and they, they were able to manage and help other people with the same issues. So definitely be part of a group. It's m- much easier in life to cope with something when if you're part of a group, especially when you, when you have those rough days. And you definitely need support from people. Listen, we're wired to connect to people. We're wired to have to help each other out. Nobody feels good all the time. When I'm not feeling good, I call my friend. He tells, he makes me feel good. And then when he's not feeling good, I call him. So it looks like you need a little more connection. I would recommend with probably peers that are there, are going through the same challenges as you are. It definitely works for addiction. For addiction, there's no question that people in recovery help each other out. They become sponsors, and, and the system just works amazing. And they are because they all each, each each one of them lifts each other up when they all need it. It definitely works. Connection is part of the pro- connection is a solution to some of the problems in life.
1: Okay, so this person I guess is a singer, and when they sing, it requires them to breathe from their mouth as opposite to breathing from the nose. So this person wants mm-hmm. to know how could they attract anxiety just from breathing from oh, the yeah. mouth when they're singing? That's what they're not understanding. Yeah.
0: No, normally I'm talking about if you're performing for your singing, you need to use your mouth, obviously. But in general, if I'm breathing from my mouth, I'm going to be more anxious because my chest is going to... Mm-hmm. That triggers anxiety. But when normal, again, I'm not a singer, so I don't know that. But anytime you do get anxiety, I mean, you're you're about to teach a big class, never breathe from your, from your chest and you, from your mouth normally because even when you work out, it, it causes the acceleration of anxiety instead of the opposite, which is the relaxed response by breathing in, breathing it down to your stomach and obviously releasing. That's clinically and, and scientifically shown to, to activate the relaxed response, but singing would be obviously a, a different situation. That I can't guide you, or nor will I ever become a singer. But in general, that is the best. For example, when I work out, or when I try to calm down, the first thing I do is catch my catch my breath, get make make sure the the relaxed response is activated instead of the fight or flight, which causes the the anxiety over having anxiety. So breathing is the best way to interrupt a anxiety, a panic attack, or anything like that.
1: So is confidence a mechanism to reduce anxiety and fear? If so, what's the best way to build this confidence?
0: Well, confidence tells you you've handled this before, you've gone through this before, and you got what it takes. So when you're confident about something, you say, bring it on. I'm excited. It's a challenge. You understand? Instead of saying, when you're you're fearful about it, you're basically saying, oh my God, I'm going to fail. I don't have what it takes. So that's what causes the anxiety. So confidence gives you more of a recognizing that it's a challenge. For example, football players, they have a little anxiety when they're playing football because there's meaning, they're, cha- they're challenging their lives. The fans, you know, their, their level of anxiety is not connected to, he's drinking two, three beers, it's connected to the guy in the last quarter trying to, obviously try, down by 10 points. So there's your, the meaning and what you're going through, the challenge, how, how you challenge yourself is very connected to, to anxiety. Again, there's a positive anxiety of not being prepared. That means if you're anxious because you're not prepared, then it gets you to be prepared. That's a good anxiety. If you're if you if you're getting to a level where you're getting out of your comfort zone, that's also a good anxiety. Those are good anxieties. Those those you don't want to run away from. Of course, I have. I buy new buildings. I buy new. Uh, I grow. I, I try to take on more weight in life. I, I do have anxious moments, but I'm, it's all growth oriented versus, oh my God, what's going to happen tomorrow in the election? Oh, that's not going to do nothing for me. If it's anxiety to bring me to a better goal, and desire to get me into a better situation, yes, then I'm excited. Then I'm more I'm more, I'm more, into that challenge versus, oh my God, what's going to be, am I going to get tomorrow, married tomorrow? Am I going to make money tomorrow? That's not up to me. It's not up to my creator. So I have to stay in my lane. My, my lane is, you take an effort, you show trust. Your creator's lane is the results. That's the bottom line. You, you have to make the effort, that's your lane. The results are up to your creator.
1: Okay, how could one help with friend with a friend who has suicidal thoughts?
0: Who has suicidal thoughts? Correct. Yeah, that, yeah, I would strongly recommend them to see a therapist. Those kind of situations, you definitely need a therapist for that. Maybe they need the right medication. There's, there's a less, something much more serious than you want to deal with.
1: Okay. How could one be there to help a friend going through a crisis or serious sickness without letting it cause that person right. anxiety and fear that something bad can happen easily to them?
0: There's a great video that I have called um, how, to lift some, how to Lift Up Somebody. And I strongly recommend them to listen to it. But remember, the biggest, the biggest segula for healing is faith. Faith activates the calm system, the relaxed response. Faith activates imuna. Faith activates a person to calm down. The opposite is you're bringing more fear. And again, it's very hard when you're dealing with physical pain. Um, but I would recommend suggestion to that person, books on faith. There's a great book called The Wings of the Sun on, on, for chronic illnesses. It's a phenomenal book. It talks about the message from the Rambam and Rab Nachman on healing. It has prayers. It has knowledges. Anybody who's, who's sick, unfortunately, I, I, I try to give them that book. It's really a, a, a game changer. It's called The Wings of the Sun by Abraham Greenbaum. A very be- beautiful book.
1: So would you suggest that uh, book to someone who wants to grow in Torah also like what sources do you yes. recommend to someone who wants to grow in Torah
0: I have I have a class on YouTube where with with 20 recommended books everybody should they can go on my on my um, YouTube channel it's called gedal.com. it's my it's my website g e d a l e and you could see my YouTube channel and all my classes there another great book for chronic illness it's called radical remission. That's another book that showed how people were in a very critical stage in their life, and it shows it talks about over a thousand spontaneous recoveries of tumors going away, and all kinds of uh, magically people were magically healed by changing nine things about them. And they were all, you know, these were people that were given a certain number of months to live, and you just saw miracles, miracles called it's called spontaneous recovery. Another phenomenal book. It's not a Jewish book, but it's a, it's a book that has, gives you a lot of hope. And it gives you a lot, a lot of courage.
1: Okay. You are referring people to see a lot of therapists. But what advice do you have? Because there are a lot of people who are going to therapists and they're losing time and money. Uh, how right. can you okay. point
0: that? So that you, maybe you need a different therapist. Or you need to also remember therapy without meaning. Therapy without meaning. That I means I have to recognize I'm going through a problem, but my creator, I mean, I can't just go to a therapist and, 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 and expect the therapist to solve my problems. The, if the therapist's job is to identify the issues that are going on in your life, you now have to do the rest of the work. Remember that concept. Don't, it's, not a, it's not a car wash where I go in, my car washes, the car wash is dirty and come out beautiful. If you're looking for that, it's not gonna happen. They'll identify the issues. Now you need to deal with the issues and you need to come to your creator with those issues. That means therapy without meaning is not as good as it's as, not the, the best combination. You need meaning recognizing that that obstacle, that problem in your life is bringing you closer to your creator. That means I would recommend the therapist, but I also recommend listening to my classes along with the therapy. I think you have, you have the double combination to, to, you know, sometimes you need medication. Sometimes you need a boost. There's, it's not something that I can answer on a Zoom chat. Okay. Person has an addiction issue. This is not something you're going to go see a therapist fix it. This is a spiritual change. You need to go into a program and all that. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not an easy issue to deal with, but it's a, there's issues that are much deeper rooted that have to be handled. And again, you, you have to be careful. There's therapists that are not good. There's therapists that are terrible. I know therapists that are terrible. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't send them to my worst enemy. But there's therapists that are very very good. So you have to like you have to search. And if it's not working for you, you can change. Or again, pray that you should Hashem should send you the right therapist.
1: Okay, let's go uh, till nine fifteen. Let's just like, there's a lot of questions here. Um, how does one get over anxiety and sadness that comes with losing a loved one?
0: Right. So there's a, the Torah talks about it. There's a time, there's a time to grief. And, you know, it, it, and it sets a timeline of a year. And again, you have to recognize that that person came into this world for a specific time, and a specific mission, and the mission's over. Rab Nachman, he died at 39 years old. He had no, he had nothing left to do here. His mission was over. Certain people come to this world as a mission, and then they're in a much better place. And you have to believe that. You have to believe that. From Nahum referred to death as going from one room to the other room. That they're here for a mission. It's not that they're, Hashem punished them or that. You have to really look at the bigger picture in life. That you're here for a mission. They're here for a mission. They have a certain time and a place to be here. And then the mission is over. They completed God willing, and the rest, they're in a better place. That's how Ram Nachman, it's unbelievable words that he could say that. He literally said, Death is from here to there, this room to that room, because he, he already reached purpose. The Ariza Hakadosh also is the same thing. He died at a very young age. You're talking about Big Sadiq and that died at a very, very young age because they had nothing left to do here.
1: Okay, so in regards to talking uh, to yourself, could you just clarify that you're really not like talking to yourself, you're talking to God? Because over here, there's. You're talking
0: to your God, correct? No, you're talking to God. I have a class called His Bodidut, a few classes on His Bodidut that we speak about, which is a a Jewish medication. It's a conversation between you and your Creator. The best form of prayer is when you're speaking to your Creator, and your Creator is basically speaking back to you. He's giving you ideas. He's opening your mind, He's making you think differently. Truth, the truth is, after a good prayer, you think you should come out of there like a different person. That's how you know you prayed the right way. You come out of there like a different person. You're more, you're more energized. You're more, you're more clear. You could view the same situation with a different angle. That's what prayer does. It changes our consciousness. It makes us completely view the situation completely different. We're not there to change God. We're there to change ourselves. Prayer is the gift to change ourselves. But again, there's a many, many classes on my website, and called this Bodhidhut on Prayer. Strongly recommend.
1: Okay, how does one build a balance between the correct rutzon and the patient to trust in the process and to wait for the outcome as things are? Well, developed?
0: if they right, right. But if they're in the process, then they're then that's what they then you'll feel the difference. The reason why they're feeling the pain and the impatience is because they're not in the process. So the, the fourth day of creation, God, the earth, was cursed that the tree and the, and the fruit did not taste the same. Originally, it was a fruit-bearing tree. That means the process and the prize was the same thing, right? But what happens is because of the curse of the fourth day of, of creation, what happens, the prize and the process, the fruit and the tree of the fruit became the two different concepts. So today, anytime you're wishing for something to get something, that if I get that, I'm gonna be happy. That's why you're so exhausted because you're watching the scoreboard. Just do what you need to do and keep your eyes off the scoreboard because you have to go through a process. The reason why we go through processes is because if we get light without the appropriate vessel, it will break. So the process builds the vessel in order for that to happen to you at the right time. If you try to hurry it up too quickly, you get too much light without the appropriate vessel And then you have to start all over. That's called a failure. So that's why we don't want to rush the process. Just like imagine you're baking cake and you don't have time. So you, you take it out in the wrong time. And next thing you know, you're eating the cake and it tastes terrible. It needed to be cooked more. So what happens? You wasted your time. Now you have to prepare again. You have to wait again. And that's the frustration in life, trying to skip the line, skipping the line. Just Enjoy the process, breathe, enjoy the process. You are where you're supposed to be. The, the ego tells you, oh my God, look at you now, you should be here. And then when you get there, you know what he tells you? You shouldn't be over here. And you're never in the right place. Like you're, you could be on a date, oh my God, I'm 27, I'm not married, I should be married already. So you can't even enjoy the date because you're, you're already in the three steps ahead. And even though the guy's talking to you, what'd you say? Oh, no, he's not for me. (laughs) You understand? This is the way people show up to things. They, They show up to things with the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and they don't even catch anything. And you have to recognize it doesn't work. There's a reason why you're going through a process. It's because you want to build a vessel. But when you want to hurry the process, you're only going to be frustrated, and you're going to go back and forth over and over and over again. I see it all the time. People relapse so quickly. Because they don't, they're not doing the work. So you think, oh, if I just do it quickly, I'm ready. And then they're, oh, they're not ready. The relapse over and over again. Okay. We okay, to it as, un, as unripe fruit. We referred it to as unripe fruit.
1: Okay, we're at 916 now. I just want to let the viewers who um, had thank posted you. your questions here, you could email breastlovepower at gmail.com, and we will try to answer your questions. Gedalia, thank you.